the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. When it comes to the book of Esther, its significance for you and I as believers in Christ cannot be overlooked. For many, this is a book that doesn't really place God at the forefront, but rather a story. So it's overlooked more often than not. But as we're seeing in our journey through Esther here on Way of Grace, Pastor Jessica Stand reminds us that this relationship between Esther and the king is really an allegory of our relationship, the bride of Christ, with our Savior, our Lord, and Christ himself. Please join us for a very encouraging look at Esther, chapter 2, verses 12 through 18, the prayerful submission of a father and a pattern of legacy of the Persian rulers. Here's Pastor Jessica Stand with today's edition of Way of Grace. Listen, when you and I want to be able to experience the promises of God, which says this, He that honoreth me, I will also honor him. That means it's an axiomatic principle. That means I want to walk with God so that if God wants to, he can bless me with exaltation or promotion or honor. That's not the end game for me. I'm happy walking with God. I can tell you now, Hadassah didn't wake up one day saying, I want to be the queen of Persia. But see, just like Hadassah, you and I are called to purpose. And sometimes purpose is what we call uh, counterintuitive, right? In other words, God will give you an assignment and you go, I didn't ask for that. But as we heard in Sunday school, God is God. And he's just going to give you an assignment. He has given Esther an assignment, but he has pre-qualified her in that assignment by basic rules that came to her through her father. So let me repeat these so you can get it. She's in a state of humility. When you're a child and not an adult, you're in a state of humility. This is part of the struggle of the young person when they hit 14, 15 years old and they start acting grown, but they don't have a dime to their name. Broke as a dog. Can't rub two nickels together, but going to act like they got a job, they got a home, they running things. Remember that? So they have, they have exceeded the parameters of reality. In other words, they're delusional. <laughs> Stay with me now. It's true. It's true. They act grown, but there's nothing grown there. Until grown folk stuff is there, you're still really a child. You're still dependent. You're still needy. And therefore, you must walk in the humility of respecting your parents while you're under your parents' house. You respect them all their days anyway, even when you leave. So Hadassah has taken on these glorious virtues that are a consequence of God's favor on her life. Adoption, a father who loves her, a father who teaches her sound doctrine, sound theology, discretion. Clearly, she understands how to be discreet. As the proverb says, listen, you can be beautiful, but if you're loud and clamorous and without discretion, it's like a pig with a jewel in his snout. And this is one of the areas in which our daughters 
in grace anywhere need to learn. You don't have to be loud. You don't have to be overly assertive or aggressive. You don't have to be pompous. You don't have to let people know you're there. Your character will do that. This is what Mordecai had taught Hadassah. Not only did he teach her those intrinsic qualities that often makes a woman more attractive than the other. Because, you know, when you got a whole bunch of loud, cackling women, the one that stands out is the one that's most quiet. I can run through the scriptures and show you that. This is also counterintuitive to an honorable woman in our present generation because we have taken womanhood and messed it up totally. We've actually taught our daughters to manipulate their honor for what they want. We don't like to call it, but these are the principles of whoredom. The moment you take your beauty and use it as a tool of manipulation, those are the principles of whoredom. Do you guys hear what I just said? Those are the principles of the moment that you use it to have power over anyone, your own family member, but certainly the opposite sex or today the same sex. The point is, the point is, beauty is a gift. Hadassah's beauty was a gift from God and her father didn't give her the slightest room to manipulate her beauty so that she can win some dude. And look what God did with her. But I want to expand on this a little bit because I've just dealt with what I call the pillar of her exaltation. This is the immediate uh, proximity pillar of her being adopted, of her having a good father, of her becoming a child of God, of her remaining discreet, of her being a virtuous woman, of her being beautiful. Those are wonderful attributes. But there's a larger foundation under that. Do you know before God exalts or promotes or establishes you, he has preceded you often by decades, if not hundreds of years of laying a foundation in order that your promotion is secure. And your promotion has nothing really to do with you, but God's decree to make sure at the appointed time, God's going to raise that person up. For instance, in our text, it's very, very, very clear to me that in the humility of a slave girl status, that's where Hadassah is. What Israel is dealing with, including Hadassah, is God having humbled Israel by bringing them into captivity. You guys follow that? So now watch this. Your text, your sub point B should say Isaiah 9, 15. Pull up Isaiah 9, 13. Let's read through 15. And I want to show you that right now, Israel, including Hadassah, is in a state of humility as a slave nation. And it's a consequence of their rebellion against God. Notice what it says in verse 13. For the people turneth not unto him that smites them. Who are the people? God's people, Israel. Who's the one that's smiting them? God. Remember all whom the Lord loves, he what? But they still won't turn to him. Now that's called what? Rebellion obstinacy. In other words, they will not be effectually disciplined when God chastens them to affirm their sonship. So now watch this. Neither do they seek the Lord of hosts. Verse 14. Therefore, the Lord will do what? Cut off from Israel what? Head and tail, branch and rush. How soon? One day. Now look at verse 15. This is our principle. He says, the ancient and the honorable, he is the what? Notice that the word ancient is connected with the word honorable. Now, what that means is the word ancient means old or mature. 
having reached an, an age of sagacity and maturity and development. But the text says the ancient and the honorable is the head. The proverb puts it like this. The gray hairs of a man are only glorious if they be found in the way of righteousness. Just because you're old doesn't mean you're wise. We got a lot of old fools. Did you hear what I just stated? So what God says, your old age must be coupled with the wisdom that comes from the humility that brought you down to the place where you are really trusting God. Because you, I mean, nothing is more ridiculous than old fools f- who first don't recognize they're fool and then don't recognize they're an old fool. Isn't it bad when they walk around dressing like they're young and they're old? And then they're foolish. Somebody needs to tell them. You can't sing. You don't need to be on American Idol. Stay with me now because this is important. Because I know you will capture the concept of honor. I know you will. You, you will capture the concept of honor because we love honor. But you may not get the process by which we get there. And that's what I'm talking about. There's no way you're going to appreciate honor until you appreciate what this girl is going through. What this girl is going through is several hundreds of years of God having humbled Israel. Having humbled Israel. Having devastated Israel. In fact, notice what it says. The ancient and the honorable is the head and the prophet that teaches what? He is the what? The prophet that teaches lies is the tale. Right now in Hadassah's life, Israel in the eyes of God is the prophet that teaches lies. See, Israel was called to be a priest, prophet, and kingdom. Their job was to tell the world about the true and the living God and glorify God in his life. But when you start worshiping idols, when you start abandoning the true and the living God, when you start living for yourself, when you start telling everyone it's all about you, you are a lying prophet. And that's the marquee of most of our false churches today, is it not? It's all about you. And what God had plainly said to Israel, you have to be kidding yourself. It has never been all about you. If it was all about you, I would have never shown up to bring you out of Egypt, to bring you to myself, to bless you with who I am and what I have. But Israel fell prey to the assumption that it's all about them. And what did God say? In Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 14, he decreed, you shall not be the tail. You shall not be the tail. You must be the head. But he said in verse 15, now if you sin against me, I'll tell you what, every one of these decrees and promises I will take from you. So that in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 44, pull it up. Watch this now. Deuteronomy 28, verse 44 is the verse that establishes for us the curse of Israel becoming the tail. He shall lend to you and you shall not lend to him. He shall be the what? And you shall be the what? Now, who is the he? That's verse 43. He says, the strangers that come among you, the strangers that come into your land. Now, ostensibly, the strangers coming into the land are people who see Israel as a home for which they can come in and thrive and serve the true and the living God. Am I making some sense? Here you are part of pagan nations, and those pagan nations are under the judgment of God. You see how God has blessed his people, Israel, and the doors are wide open for you to come in. Almost like America, 
only America is just like Israel, in my opinion. They are the tail and not the head because we are wrapped up into materialism as was Israel. And we are, we are immersed into idolatry just as Israel is. And we are in bondage to debt just like Israel was. We are not the head, we are the tail. And Israel was the tail as well. And here's what God says. The stranger that is within thee, he shall get above thee very high. And you shall come down what? Very low. This was stated in the days of Moses, 1,500 years before Christ. Hadassah is in the year 7, somewhere around uh, 573 B.C. It's almost 1,000 years later, she is actually fulfilling this prophecy. Do you see it? So uh, Hadassah is aware of the fact that her people are slaves. She's aware of, her pa- of the fact that her people are in bondage, in captivity. She's used to that. That's very much a pattern like many of us born in a state where we are the inferior group. We are the subordinate group. And you know what you do when you are aware that you are subordinate and so-called inferior? You work with it. You work with it. Anybody with me in the house? See, when you come to recognize that providence has done something outside of the scope of your permission and your power, you don't go to arguing and fighting like crazy folk do, getting all upset at something you can't fix. Your job is to get a hold of the God who brought it to pass. God has made all things for himself, even the wicked for the day of evil. Tribulation and judgment and evil come from the Lord because he's sovereign over all nations. So that if we wake up and we find ourselves a part of that lineage that is either poor or enslaved, we simply need to call on the true and the living God to help us be honorable slaves, honorable poor people, honorable client states. Is anyone hearing me? And if you're not, because you don't know your Bible. This is the whole of the New Testament. When God began to save many people in the church, they were slaves. And what did he say? Slaves, honor your masters. Don't steal from them. Don't talk about them. Don't make life hard for them. I'll deliver you when it's my time to deliver you. Am I making some sense? See, you, you got to read your Bible carefully. There is a dignity and an honor to a believing slave. And see, Hadassah is a perfect example of that. There's a dignity and honor to a believing slave. What God is about to do with Hadassah is raise her up because the bigger picture for God is preparing his people to return back home. Am I making some sense? So God will actually bless one person with the purpose of blessing a whole lot of other people. And those people who are going to be blessed don't even deserve it. But neither does she because that's the way God works. However, what I stated earlier still applies. You cannot live a raggedy life and expect God to honor you. He honors those that honor him. He honors those that honor him. And so this is what we've got going on. Look then under our first point as we deal with our uh, second and last point. The humility of a slave girl. That's Isaiah chapter 9, 13 through 15. We've seen that. Deuteronomy 28, 13 uh, through 44. And it reminds me once again of our fundamental uh, um, theme. Before honor is what? Humility. God does that to prepare us for honor. And that's what he's doing with his daughter. Point number two in your outline. Point number two. Let's move that. I'm sorry. Go back to point one. A question will be raised. The sovereign counsel of God to place her where? 
I love this. I'm going to show you guys a little word here, and then we're going to move forward. So you, we recognize that Hadassah is a, a slave girl in a client state Israel, right? We recognize that God has blessed her in a bunch of ways in proximity, that it could be worse, but God has shown favor to her, right? She recognizes that she's a tail right along with the rest of her people. This is a beautiful truth I'm getting ready to share with you. We are talking about honoring all men, loving the brotherhood. No one of the people in the scriptures, when they discover, hear me now, no person in the scripture, when they discover that God is going to use them and honor them to bless his people who don't deserve it, none of them ever act like they are not associated with the very people that God has judged. None of God's exalted men or exalted women say, thank you, Lord. I'm glad I'm not like the rest of the hard-headed Israelites. In fact, stay with me now. The moment they discover that they are exalted, they cry out in confession, in total agreement and association with their own people. Why me, Lord? Why me? For we have sinned against you. Unto us is confusion of faith. We have rebelled against you from the days of our fathers. You see it? And sometimes what promotion does is it exposes a heart of humility because that's a heart of humility. You know Sister Hadassah has been exalted for two reasons, privilege and responsibility. This girl's got some major responsibilities in front of her, does she not? So to whom much is given, much is what? Right. The assumption that you just want God to bless you is just insane. It's, it's uninformed. Don't ever talk like that. God never blesses you just to bless you. Blessings never are an end in themselves. They always come with responsibility. That's why some of us are not blessed. Don't just ask God to bless you because he's not going to do that. Lord, why haven't you blessed me? Because all you asked me to do was bless you. Some of us will get that. God doesn't waste his blessings on narcissistic mindsets. God blesses you to bless others. God honors you to honor others. God exalts you to exalt others. God helps you to help others. And if you're not willing and ready to help, don't ask God for his blessings because you won't find them. Am I making some sense? That's what's going on with Sister Hadassah in our text. So the sovereign counsel of God to place her where? In the head. This is amazing to me. I'm at the end, but I got to slow it down because I still got a good 35 minutes with you. But my heart is rejoicing because I know how God works. He has a pattern and pathology, doesn't he? God raises up the most unassuming person. He raises up the person that we wouldn't vote for or wouldn't even see. Frequently, God uses in the Bible the term secret or hidden ones. And haven't we already stated that Hadassah is God's hidden one? She's his secret hand, while Mordecai is God's hidden heart. God is moving the heart of Mordecai, representing God's heart, in connection with Hadassah, and they're going to protect the whole of Israel because Israel is about to be under indictment for destruction. Hadassah then is a hidden one hidden. She must remain hidden. And I say that God has, in his eternal counsel of grace, placed Hadassah in the head. Not just the head, her Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Not just the head, God Almighty. For all believers are in the head from before the foundation of the world, are we not? God chose us in Christ before the world began. That means he has preserved us and he has protected us from eternal harm, even though we may live down here in the most lowly state. 
but he has placed her in his sovereign decree inside the head, and that is the king. This is amazing. When I get there, I'm going to get there in a minute. When I get there, you're going to find out this dude actually loved this girl. He actually loved her. Now, how can a Persian monarch of his magnitude love a little slave girl like Hadassah? It couldn't have been that she was just hot. Don't you lose your mind. I mean, she was cute. But this brother is about to give it all up for her. I want to know the secret, don't you, sisters? And it starts here. It starts here. Beauty is vain. But the woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. This is where it starts. What you want is God to promote you. Never you to promote yourself. Never you to manipulate your way into a position because of how, how cunning you are and slick you are with your words. That's seduction. That's not attraction. And it's an evidence of either a lack of faith or a weakness of faith, right? When you're pulling out your tool sets to get by manipulating it, you ain't really asking God to help you. You're taking his gifts and do what Ezekiel, Ezekiel 16 said. Israel took her beauty and lent it out to all of the men all across the land. You guys remember that? And God said, now girl, you are really jacked up. Because most of the chicks around here, when they're whoring like that, they get paid. You giving it away for free. That's your Bible. That's your Bible. Okay? That's your Bible. That's your Bible. God said, now I thought I raised at least a smart enough woman to get paid. But you giving it away. This shows you the reprobation and insanity of people who first come to the true and the living God and then walk away from him. He gives them up to reprobation so that they practice insanity. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? And so what we're dealing with, with this idea of the sovereign counsel of God to place her in the head, there is a sort of enigmatic event that occurred in the book of Exodus chapter 4 that corresponds with this concept of being the head or the tail. Now, didn't we learn that the head is the ancient and the honorable? And the tail is the prophet that teaches lies? It was the tail of the dragon in Revelation 13 that cast down the third part of the stars of heaven. Did it not? How powerful is the tail then? That's a whole nother message. But how powerful is the tale? How powerful is the prophet that teaches lies? How powerful is false doctrine? How powerful is deception and manipulation and lies? How powerful it is? It's so powerful, the whole world lies in the lap of the wicked one. Lies are powerful. And that's why people go after them. But you know when God picked up Moses on the backside of that mountain, that stuttering Hebrew who didn't have any confidence in himself, remember humility before honor. You see how God had to humble him and train him and break him down for 40 years before exalting him. God says, I want you to go into the greatest nation in the world, Egypt, and tell Pharaoh face to face, let my people go. Moses said, not me. How am I do that? And God says, let me see that stick that's in your hand. Throw that stick down on the ground. You guys remember that? Not just a stick, a shepherd's stick. Throw that stick down on the ground. And when that stick went down on the ground, what did God do? He turned it into a fiery serpent. And Moses jumped back. I would have too. I don't like snakes. So Moses don't like snakes because they killed his sheep. 
And he loved his sheep. So he doesn't like anything that's going to harm his sheep. And the snake, proverbially through the scriptures, largely represents who? God said, grab that snake by the tail. Boom! And what does that represent? Having authority over the wicked one. Studying God's Word that we might show ourselves approved, that we might come to a deeper love and understanding of God's amazing love for us in Jesus Christ. This has been Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand from Grace Bible Church here in Hayward. We are always delighted and grateful that you take a few moments to spend with us, that we might, again, study to show ourselves approved. And as we leave you today, we would also leave you with an invitation to join us for worship in person. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Pastor Jessica Stand and Grace Bible Church of Hayward, please consider this a formal invitation to spend Sundays with us. 11 a.m. is the worship service, 10 a.m. if you would like to join us for Sunday school. And don't forget, Friday evenings at 8 p.m., we have enjoyed a marvelous time of studying God's Word with brothers and sisters in Christ from a variety of churches all over the Bay Area. That's at 8 p.m. Friday evenings. For directions and more information, simply stop by our website, grace-bible.com. That's grace-bible.com. Or give us a call, 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. If you're looking for a copy of today's program, you can either contact us by phone or mail. Send $5 and we'll get a CD out to you. Or stop by grace-bible.com and download the audio file for free. The address, if you're writing to us, is 22768 Main Street, Hayward, California. 94541 is our zip code. And one final note as we conclude our time together today. We're able to come to you daily here on KFAX because of friendships and partnerships with people such as you who see the value of this ministry. Now, while it is free to listen to, for us, there is a cost, and we are a listener-supported ministry. No matter the size of your gift, it's greatly appreciated. So would you take a moment and pray about it and then contact us with your gift today? 510-886-9782 is our phone number, or write to us, 22768 Main Street, Hayward, California, 94541. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Until next time, God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.